Hey y'all, so this is the unit podcast over political organization of space. I thought I'd start with doing a brief overview of these chapters, so when we come back, that's what we're going to do. Yep. Okay, so chapter nine, the essential question was what social, historical, and economic factors have influenced modern political maps at various scales? So like historical would be um, the Berlin Conference because they superimpose boundaries on Africa that now like there's like a lot of straight lines and wars and it's really bad really bad down there but social would be like cultures that split and it kind of just like creates a boundary and economic factors that's sort of like um the differences in the economies obviously but um yeah because economy and then I thought it was really nice in chapter when they included um, centripetal and centrifugal forces because centripetal, centripetal, and both of course like religion could be both like in Turkey religion like unifies them because like even though they're like Kurds and Turkish and other minority groups. The common religion, which is like 95%, is Muslim. So that, like, unites the country. But the language, like Turkish and Kurdish and all the languages and all those other minority groups, those divide the country. But, like, here in the U.S., English sort of, like, unites us, while, like, religion could divide us. So, yeah, so I felt like that was nice. And then for chapter 10, I really have a problem with the Heartland theory. It wasn't really, like, confusing or anything. It's just that it's hard to believe that just controlling specific, like, areas and controlling the Heartland would give you, like, power. I feel like you have more power if you have, like, a port, so having a port would give you more power than, like, controlling specific land. But, yeah, I can sort of understand that. Yeah, that's just the part that I struggled with. And then, um, I think I like the, um, yeah. But I thought that the different boundaries were very, like, cool-ish. Like, because then you have defined and delimited and demarcated. Because a boundary, it could be all three, sort of. Like, the boundary that Turkey has with Syria um, is demarcated, but it's also defined. And it's also limited. (laughs) Because it is drawn on the map. It has a wall that, like, separates the two countries. And is defined through a treaty. So yeah, um, for 
I thought the Law of the Sea was also kind of cool, but this is running kind of long for this segment, so I'm going to come back to that in the next one. But let's go to chapter 11. Chapter 11. Um, I didn't really have any, like, problems with chapter 11. It was mostly just globalization, and globalization is a centripetal force. Well, it's supposed to be the key kind of, like, centrifugal, but we're not going to get into that. And, like, how supranational organizations like the UN, NATO, EU, NAFTA, they, like, they unite those areas. Yeah. And how Brussels, Belgium contains the headquarters for NATO and the EU. I thought that's kind of interesting. No, it's not like somewhere else. And then I like subnationalism. And that's like feeling subnationalism is having a primary allegiance to like a traditional group rather than or ethnicity rather than like this like whole group. Okay, so why the where I thought I'd go like more deeper into the reason for a lot of wars especially in Africa, is because of the Berlin Conference between, um, like, the major colonial powers, because after, like, the North America sort of fell through, they, like, decide to set their sights on Africa, and they impose, like, and they impose boundaries that could include different cultural groups or it also like divided the cultural groups so like having those cultural groups all together nowadays they're like they're causing war basically and also through all three chapters they all sort of mention states they definitely mention states slash countries and how these countries are affected by boundaries, how they're affected by um, how they're infect, how they're affected by um, different um, like nations, like multi-state nations, like the Kurds, and then also how they're affected by, of course, like economic, social, and political factors. So, like, these days, they can be affected in so different ways. They can be affected by so many ways. And it's really interesting. Okay, so I'm running out of time. So I'm going to do a classroom connection. And classroom connection that I'm going to use is the country that I researched. Turkey. So, Turkey, basically... Turkey has a multi-state nation. It's also a state, and it's also a nation state. But um, it has a multi-state nation, the Kurds. It also has a yeah. It also is a nation state because Turkish and Turkey, and yeah. But then also, Turkey was has boundaries. The defined boundary with the tree of Anakara with um, Syria. It also has a um, demarcated boundary with Greece because of long, deep-rooted 
Greece and Turkey relations that are quite horrible because they really just don't like each other. Also, Turkey, they have two natural boundaries and that's the Mediterranean Sea and the Black Sea. So they have, by the law of the sea, they can control up to 12 miles of, they can control up to 12, mile, 12 nautical miles of sovereignty. But if they have coastal state, which they don't, they could like explore tract up to 200 nautical miles. So yeah, that's pretty cool. But then also Turkey could be a fragmented state, but I call it like a corrupted state because it sort of has this like long arm like thingy, short arm like thingy that like connects it to Greece. But yeah, it might be fragmented because some people see that Cyprus is a part of Turkey while others don't, mainly Turkey. They don't claim Cyprus. They claim Cyprus is their own state, which is really interesting. And then another thing that is super cool is um, the fact that Turkey is a part of NAFTA, uh, not NAFTA, NATO, and the UN, but is a partner with the EU. And it's going to be a part of the EU, but then negotiations fell through because Turkey decided that they didn't really want to give up that much power. And, um, yeah, now they're not part of the EU, but they're just, like, a really good ally. So the EU can keep a watch on terrorism. So that's it for this unit. And I'll see you next unit. And, um, you get to hear my voice again next week. Um, I hope you like this. So, bye!